Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Premier League news and views. This is Football Social Daily. Welcome to Football Social Daily, your home of daily Premier League podcasts. From Sports Social. When the season begins in just 10 days from now, a new episode of the show every single day for you to get your ears around right throughout the top flight season. And it's a season where we'll see some fresh faces, the latest of which has swapped the Colosseum and the Pasta Parlors of Rome for jelly deals and the bow bells of the West End. Gianluca Scamacca is now a Cockney. The Italian striker has signed for West Ham United for 30 million quid, but is he worth the bread and honey? We'll find out. Also, from Premier League arrivals to potential departures, could the Great Dane be leaving these shores after over a decade? Kasper Schmeichel's time at Leicester could be coming to a close. He's seen it all and done it all at the Foxes. Will they be able to replace him? And finally, Cristiano Ronaldo's finally back in Manchester after skipping the United pre-season tour for personal reasons. This future is up for discussion. Is anyone bigger than Manchester United? Well, not in the days of Sir Alex, according to the legendary old boss, and he's been drafted in to try and keep Ronaldo in Manchester. My name's Niall. Welcome to the show. And alongside me today, Jim Salverson and Joel Tudor. Morning, boys. Good morning, Niall. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. You have a spring in your step today. Is that because West Ham have been busy? Yeah, it's a lovely sunny day in Manchester, where I'm based, and down in my... Old stomping ground of the East End, there is a new man in town. And you know what? It's been a long time coming for West Ham to sign a striker since Sepp Heller left. It's something like 1,800 days or something like that that we've had one solo senior forward at West Ham. And finally, there is another man to back him up. It's good news. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian Allaire left West Ham in 2021, went on to Ajax, has scored a load of goals and is now signed for Borussia Dortmund. Actually, I don't think we mentioned this on the podcast. I think he's been diagnosed with some sort of significant health issue. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on what that is. I think it's confirmed. It's testicular cancer that he's got. He got got it found during the medical he was having for Mm. Dortmund, I believe, or one of the medicals he had after signing. So, yeah, I mean, 
really sad news for Sebola. I wish him a speedy, speedy recovery. And, it, and it's one of those cancers that people can make full recoveries for and can continue their professional football careers afterwards. So fingers crossed it worked out for him. Yeah, absolutely. Wishing him all the best from all of us here at FSD. But as Jim says, a new striker in the building at London Stadium. Skamaka, Gianluca Skamaka has been brought in from the Serie A side Sassuolo, who aren't one of the more uh, prominent Italian teams, let's just say. I saw Roma's unveiling of Paolo Dybala yesterday where he walked out at the Coliseum in front of tens of thousands of Roma supporters with all the flair and the flags it looked unbelievable I'm not quite sure Sassuolo are that sort of club but they've managed to pick up 31 million quid for this lad Jim what are your thoughts on this signing from your club Firstly, on the unveiling thing, that Roma unveiling was absolutely incredible. And you've got to compare that to the unveiling that West Ham did of Skamaka. They did like a, as is the general trend now, they did like a video on social media to announce his arrival. It wasn't the best anyway. It was kind of cut up highlights reels with an Italian flag over the top and the old Channel 4 Football Italia theme tune playing over the top of that. So, I mean, it was all right, but it wasn't brilliant. But what I thought was fantastic was an hour after it went up, it was taken down because someone realised they'd spelt Skamaka's name wrong (laughs) on the graphics. (laughs) So they had to remake the whole thing, which sums up West Ham as a whole. I mean, I think I'm quite excited by this signing. I think it's one of those players that has a huge amount of potential for not a huge amount of money. And you could say 31 million quid plus add-ons is a lot of money for a player who ultimately has had one good season in Syria, which was his last season where he managed to get 16 goals. I think there were only five players above him in the golden boot charts at the uh, Syria or whatever they're called out there. So he has had one breakout season and that's it. But I think that's the market at the moment. You're not going to get much for 30 million quid and West Ham are taking a bit of a chance on this player but he's got some decent attributes he looks like he's built to play in the Premier League but I think he's a bit of an unknown quantity as well and all those people it happens every time any club signs a player from a non-prominent team across Europe isn't it suddenly everybody is an expert and everybody knows about the player when in fact all they've done is gone on transfermarket.com and looked at the stats so (laughs) a bit of an unknown quantity but the signs are there that he could do really well yeah well here are the stats he's six foot five an Italian international and 16 goals last season Joel in Serie A a lot of headers obviously that comes in in tow with the fact that he is six foot five. Whatever people say about him and his records and his statistics, there's no doubt he's going to give West Ham a different option up front, being that size. Yeah, to be honest, I'm very, very cautious with these kind of signings, especially Italian players, because more often than not, they come over to the Premier League and majority of them end up returning the next year. I don't know if it's a case of not being able to adapt to a different country or just not being able to get into the flow of the league they're going to, but more often than not, You've never really seen the best Italian players leave, you know, the best teams like Juventus into Milan. Um, With him, I think there should be a little bit more confidence because actually he's had three seasons of slowly developing where he was at Ascoli two years ago and got nine goals in 33. Then Genoa the next year, eight goals in 26. So he has been slowly building up, developing in his early 20s. Um, And obviously, like you both mentioned, in, in Sassuolo last season, he just had the biggest breakout season. But... I just remember all of these other strikers in Serie A, like Piatek, who got similar stats when he ended up leaving for Milan for 35 million, 35 million euros. Uh, Balotti, who Torino wanted 80 million euros when he was having a breakout season and now he's on a free transfer. Uh, Zaza, who West Ham signed for a 
decent amount a few years ago and he was absolutely awful. Um, and obviously you've got Sebastian Allure who they played, paid a massive amount for and he, he had to go elsewhere to start showing his worth. So I think with these kind of signings, you have to be quite cautious with them just because the trends say that typically they don't adapt to England and they don't adapt to the Premier League. Obviously you'll have the the typical ones like you know Zola for example who completely takes away that um that philosophy but I'm just thinking about how he's going to adapt straight away but I think um West Ham have got a player who was obviously wanted by PSG they pulled out in the last minute because they didn't want to pay the fee um, so I mean because PSG have now got Luis um, Ocampos who is the new sporting director and he's got a massive eye for talent even when he was at Monaco so if you can take anything from that is that he, he knows how to spot good talent so it's going to be interesting he's very athletic for his height as well which is quite bizarre for someone who's six foot five. There aren't a huge amount of players I think across the board that come into the Premier League and absolutely smash it in their first half a season whether it's from La Liga or Serie A or wherever, it seems to take players a little while to adapt to the Premier League, more so than other leagues, I guess. I don't know why that is, I don't know whether it's the intensity, whether it's the pace, what it is, but it does seem that players do need a little bit of time to kind of bed in. And I was going to say that Italian players in general that we've seen come to the Premier League, and that's no disrespect to them, there's been sort of few and far between that have come in and been like Zola or Di Canio or, I mean, Jorginho is the most recent one, isn't he? Who's come into Chelsea and, and sort of hit the ground running and been impactful straight away. We've seen a few Italian players that have come in and shown glimpses, but not quite been the full ticket. I mean, Balotelli is probably the most famous example where he could have been exceptional, but in the end, he kind of just fizzled out a little bit. But that being said, it's almost a no-risk move for Skamaka at this point in time. And the reason I say that, Jim, is Italy aren't in the World Cup. So it's not like he needs to come to West Ham for the first four months of the season and start banging in loads of goals by the end of October to guarantee his place on the plane to Qatar because Italy aren't going to Qatar. So it gives him a little bit more respite in that respect. Yeah, completely. And that's exactly what he'll need. He'll need time to adapt, not just in terms of the league, but in terms of the way the club play as well. And David Moyes is pretty good in terms of integrating new signings. He doesn't tend to throw him in at the deep end and expect miracles. It tends to be a slowly, slowly, catchy monkey style of approach that David Moyes takes. So I think he will be given the time to adapt. And, I mean, most moves are pretty low risk for players, as you say, unless they are vying for time on the pitch to prove their worth to an international manager and they need that football it tends to be pretty low risk because someone will always take a punt on them to take them back in the other direction particularly if it's a player like Scamacca who has performed well previously in the Italian league I think the thing that gives me hope that this one will work out and like I say it's one of those situations where I didn't know a huge amount about Scamacca three weeks ago but from what I've seen since and what I've read he's a player with a little bit more about him than your usual big man he's not like the Italian version of Andy Carroll for example he has got a he was coached apparently by Ruud van Nistelrooy and apparently he shares some of those attributes as well in terms of his touch is really good he's really quick he can get in behind the back line as well as just holding it up so he has got these different attributes that probably complement the current setup at West Ham as well in terms of if he can take a ball and hold it and give it, then we've got the players out wide that can play into him. But also he's offering a different option to Mikel Antonio, whose game tends to be getting in behind and running the channels and kind of bullying 
the full backs out of the way. So I think it adds another dimension to West Ham's attacking options. Is he going to start ahead of Antonio, Jim? Is he going to start with Antonio up front in a two? Do you know the initial plans for Skamaka? I think it would be very harsh if Mikel Antonio suddenly finds himself on the fringes of the squad and sitting on the bench with Skamaka starting. So I don't think that'll be the case straight away. I think David Moyes has a bit of a job to do to accommodate the two of them because they're both going to want playing time. And we all know Mikel Antonio has previously had some issues with fitness and injuries. He actually hasn't suffered too badly in the last 18 months, which interesting enough, he puts down to the fact that he stopped eating red meat. So he's now pescatarian. He just eats fish and other than that, a vegetarian diet, which is kind of what he credits his recovery or his lack of injuries to, which is quite interesting. But yeah, they've got to both have game time. And I think it's important to remember Mikel Antonio is not a centre forward. He's played centre forward for West Ham for getting on for two seasons now, but that is not his natural position. Previously, he's played wing back and he's played on both wings. I think he's slightly more comfortable on the left, but he's played on both wings. So we might see him kind of playing that more role, maybe almost like we see um, Adama Traore at Wolves and kind of fitting into that fast, big winger role. But there is room for both of them, potentially even wing back as well, because there's some rumours at the moment that the next signing that West Ham are going to make, and they seem to have this system of they get one transfer over the line, then look at the next one, then look at the next one. But uh, Zelensky from uh, Napoli, is it? I think he's playing for at the moment. <laughs> Who, who's um... Zelensky's the Ukrainian president. You'd do well to sign him for West Ham. <laughs> get <them> both. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's kind of like a, a, a wing back, I understand. And West Ham have not, over the last couple of seasons, certainly under David Moyes, played wing back. So I don't know whether there's something there that we're suddenly going to see a formation where you've got three at the back and then you've got Zelensky on one side, Antonio on the other, and it's kind of a completely different system, maybe even a plan B. So, I mean, I don't want to second guess David Moyes to what he's going to do, but I, 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 fi- I find it very unlikely that Skamaka is going to be happy with a position on the bench, but at the same time, I think it would be incredibly harsh. And he doesn't deserve it, Mikel Antonio. He doesn't deserve just to be turned into a bit part player for the next season. Well, you mentioned Napoli there, Jim, and Napoli the side that knocked Leicester City out of the Europa League last season. They ended up dropping into the Europa Conference League, of which they reached the semi-finals before they were beaten by Jose Mourinho's Roma, who went on to win the whole thing. But... Is that semi-final defeat one of the last times we'll remember Kasper Schmeichel in a Leicester City shirt? Well, if the latest rumours are to be believed, he could be on his way out of the club. More of that next here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. 
Welcome back. This is FSD, your daily Premier League podcast. We are three days a week at the minute, but if you hit that subscribe button that way, when we're back to full guns ablazing seven days a week, when the season kicks off, that way you won't miss an episode. So make sure you do that. You can also follow us on our brand new Twitter channel, which is at FSD pod. So go over to Twitter and make sure you follow our page there. You can also follow us on our sports social podcast network page at the sports social, but for dedicated content to do with this podcast, football social daily, it's at FSD. SD pod on Twitter. Right then, let's talk about Leicester City, who are the only club in Europe's top seven leagues not to sign a player yet. That is a remarkable statistic. However, there could be a player on the way out and one that certainly would have surprised a few when it popped up in the news headlines over the last 24 hours or so. And that is the goalkeeper, Kasper Schmeichel, who supposedly is heading for the exit door at King Power Stadium. An agreement has been reached for the Dane to join Nice, the French club. Uh, That's an agreement in principle. Allegedly, it's subject to Leicester finding a replacement. Regardless of all of the ins and outs of the deal, Joel, this one came as a bit of a surprise. Did it for you? Yeah, I'm quite surprised, actually, considering just how much of a big player he's been for Leicester. Obviously, over 10 years, he's been there for uh, won absolutely everything, apart from a European trophy. And he's done so well, considering... I think what I like most about the Schmeichel story is that typically when you have a player whose dad is a massive or has been a massive football player who's won everything it seems as though there's so much pressure on their sons to then go on and replicate it or do the exact same route they have but Schmeichel has been probably one of the most important players of Leicester's last 10 years just in terms of the reason why they've won so much of what they've won Um, I think that swapping the south of France and Leicester is probably a nice move for, for anyone but I think it's a it's a quite a surprising move just going to France. I know Nice finished sixth last year, so they're in the Conference League. So he'll be back in Europe uh, for next season, which will be a good positive for him. But I think with Leicester, it just feels like they're in a little bit of turmoil at the moment. They're not really adding any depth. They're losing big characters. Um, and I've, as we've seen from last year, you know, it wasn't the best season for Brendan Rodgers and Leicester. And for being one of, I think, one of two sides in Europe who've not, made a signing that's pretty alarming um, I don't know the ins and outs of why I don't know whether the owner's starting to cut back a little bit or they have to sell to buy but it's not the best time to be cutting back when Leicester are clearly in need of a big amount of investment especially when all of those players from that Premier League winning side have pretty much been eased out now after Schmeichel so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next two weeks because surely Leicester can't go without no signings before the the season starts because it would leave him in such a bad position. Yeah, I mean that Premier League winning team, Schmeichel, Vardy and Albrighton I think are the three that are still there. There might be another as well that's just slipped my memory at the moment but you know Schmeichel is 35 years of age now Jim, he's seen it all. 10 years at the club, he's played in League One, the Championship, the Premier League, the Champions League, the FA Cup, League Cup, Europa League and the Conference League. There's not a lot he hasn't seen during his time at Leicester. Do you think it is naturally time for change? Do you think that journey after 11 or so years is just beginning to come to an end? I'm sure from his point of view, that is 100% the case. And I think he's probably looking at Leicester, as Joel says, and going, hang on, this isn't going to get any better here over the next couple of seasons. He is 35, which is, in all honesty, no age for a goalkeeper. You're kind of at your peak at 35. So I don't think from Leicester's point of view, they need to be looking at young blood and refreshing the playing staff. But Schmeichel's going to be looking at that Leicester team and going, well, it was a 
bit of a struggle last season. There's rumours that key players are going to leave this season. Apparently Manchester United are sniffing around Wesley Fofana and Yuri Tielemans has been linked with moves away as well. So they're pretty two they're two pretty significant players in that Leicester squad who could be leaving as well. So from Schmeichel's point of view, he's going to be looking at it and going, well, I, I, I want to leave this club as a hero. I want to be the person who got us up from League One and the Championship and won the FA Cup and won the Premier League rather than the goalkeeper who saw us relegated to the Championship, which I think probably is realistically, it's a risk for Leicester City at the moment. I think there's a bit of a question mark over the way Leicester City have handled themselves over the last 10 years and they've done a lot of things right the owners have been really good and they've looked after the fans and they've looked after the club and they've obviously achieved more than most Leicester City fans would ever have dreamt they could have achieved but I think you could also argue they did not capitalise on winning the Premier League when they could have done. Leicester City have a relatively small stadium. They have a relatively small fan base compared to other Premier League clubs and they have relatively small incoming revenue as well because of that. So for all the great work they do with their scouting networks and unearthing new talent around Europe, you could argue that potentially they could have done more off the back of winning that Premier League club and establish themselves for the future. And it doesn't feel like they've done that. It feels like they've peaked now and they are on the slide down. And whether they get relegated or not this season, that's another question. There's certainly a risk there if they don't bring in new personnel and they let these key players leave. But I certainly think probably them winning the Premier League is further away than the 5,000 to 1 shot it was when they did win it a couple of years back. As Joel says, are they in a sell-to-buy position? I think that's exactly what position they're in. I think they do need bodies to leave the building in order to bring players in. And that being said, they did sign Patson Dacca last season. Um, wasn't used extensively in the Premier League. Played a fair few European games, but it's sort of between him and Ian Acho and Jamie Vardy. And Jamie Vardy, even though he's 35, turning 36, he's going to be the lead striker. There's no doubt about it. They signed Buba Sumare, who's looked impressive in pre-season, but there's been reports suggesting that he could be loaned out or, or leave the club entirely just a season after signing for Leicester. They signed... Uh, Yannick Vestergaard and Ryan Bertrand, two players from Southampton who, let's face it, just haven't been good enough. Um, they've either been injured or just not in the squad or, or not performing for whatever reason. Last season, Soyuncu, one of the players who was kind of tipped to replace Maguire, had a poor season. Fafana had a leg break. So there was a lot of unlucky points for Leicester last season. And I suppose in terms of signing players and spending money, they did do that last term. It's just the money that they've spent on this this occasion maybe hasn't quite been uh, it hasn't quite been as successful and as fruitful as it has been in the past. Just moving back to this Casper Schmeichel um, deal, Joel. It's a move in principle to head to Nice, so it, it's kind of we'll let him go if we can find a replacement. That's the way I've read it. Do they use who they already have? Who they they've got Danny Ward, who has played for Wales. He's their number two. They've got Daniel Everson, who was on loan at Preston last season and was their player of the season. So that's their two options for goalkeeping if they don't use Schmeichel, or do they just go into the market and sign someone else to replace him? I think it'd be wise. I think Ward, they spent a decent amount on when they signed him from Liverpool, I think it was. Uh, So you would think, and judging from the way they're behaving at the moment, I can't see them going into the market and going for a goalkeeper. Um, It just seems very, very strange the way they're operating now. And literally, like Jim said, I think Schmeichel's realised that he's come to the end of that chapter at Leicester now where he doesn't see any progress, he doesn't see much ambition um, compared to you know in previous years. 
And I think Brendan Rodgers might even be thinking the same at one point. I've always thought that Brendan Rodgers is probably better than Leicester. Um, and he's not. He's never been a manager who's quiet to his owners who are not spending for him. Like I could see him at a club like Newcastle or somewhere like that where he's, his hands aren't tied behind his back. Obviously, Eddie Howe's probably going to be there for a good amount of time. But I just think he after this season if they don't actually go for the, the signings that he wants he'll definitely be looking elsewhere I think um, so it's going to be interesting to see but for Schmeichel I think it's very telling that someone who's that big of a character at Leicester is looking to depart now which kind of tells you everything you need to know about what's going on in there and the lack of ambition and the lack of progress since probably the FA Cup win to be fair. I think that's part of the problem as well isn't it that he is a character and Peter Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel, Kasper Schmeichel is <laughs> absolutely the leader in that dressing room. And we saw it with the departure of, was it Craig Shakespeare? I think it was Craig Shakespeare that he pretty much forced out of the club because he didn't think he was the right man. And so you're not only losing a goalkeeper and a couple of the people I've heard touted as potential replacements for Schmeichel, the likes of uh, Bird Leno at Arsenal, who's fallen down the pecking order there and Sanchez at Brighton who's a really good and fairly yeah. young and keeper. And that fits the profile as well. They want someone who yeah. can play out with their feet and Kasper Schmeichel I'm sure is is okay at doing that but you know, if you're 35 years of age it's a little bit late in your career to start learning how to play the ball out of your feet and knock it about with your feet. So I think maybe that those two goalkeepers you've mentioned are slightly more in line with what Leicester are looking to do. But I don't think either of them are necessary upgrades on Kasper Schmeichel so not only are you kind of, you're kind of staying still in terms of the quality of your goalkeeper but you're losing a massive personality that can kind of be almost like a second manager and a motivator in that dressing room and I think that's probably as big a loss to Leicester City potentially as it would be losing him on the pitch. Okay, well, Kasper Schmeichel could be leaving Leicester. That was a bit of a shock. What might not be a shock, though, is if Cristiano Ronaldo leaves the Premier League. It looks like it's been simmering away for a while. We'll talk about him next and his potential future, whether it's in the Premier League or not, after this on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. This is Football Social Daily. During the season, a seven-day-a-week podcast, an award-winning podcast at that, and you won't miss an episode if you hit subscribe. The season kicks off on the 6th of August. Can't wait now. It's only 10 days away, and we'll be back to a daily podcast when that time comes. So hit subscribe, and that way you won't miss one. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our new Twitter page is at FSDpod. We're going to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo now, who didn't go on Manchester United's pre-season tour to Thailand and Australia. He's only just arrived back at Carrington yesterday for not training, but talks about his future. Hasn't actually trained under Eric Tenag yet. Joel, you're a Manchester United fan. What do you make of it all? Because it's been rumbling on for a little while now. Even though there's been no talks till yesterday, the whole story has been hovering over the club for the last two or three weeks. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty sad state of affairs, isn't it, this one? Because having someone like Ronaldo, who has such a massive history and legacy at the club, trying to, again force his way out which happened in 2009 um, is just something that really really confuses me because on one hand I totally understand his stance which is that he expected United to be way more ambitious in the transfer market he expected them to push on um, especially after he scored the amount of goals that he scored and when you look at the signings that have been made 
it's still very, very below par. I mean, their signings, which were signings completely non-competed for, where you got Ericsson on a free transfer, Malassia, there was only Leon involved in him, um, and obviously Lissandro Martinez, where I think they've overpaid massively just to be able to get him. So I think Ronaldo's looking at the fact that it's maybe his last year where he could compete for a Champions League, potentially. Um, he's probably looking and thinking, well, this club isn't matching what I'm looking for, but he's no longer the 28, 29-year-old who was scoring a ridiculous amount of goals and it's showing because George Mendes is trying to basically sell him to every single top European club and absolutely none of them abide him, which kind of tells you all you need to know, which is that he's in a very difficult position and Man United hold the cards in the situation. So I think that's why Ten Hag will be relaxed about it. I think... Ronaldo could have had an easier exit if he would have told them after the season ended, okay, you know, we're not in the Champions League, I want to move on, and then maybe United could have found a way for them. But when, to do it, you know, just before the season's about to start, I think it's really bad timing. Um, and I just don't really see where it's heading. I do, see, I do feel as though he will stay, just because from what's been reported, it looks as though there's not really many takers or many who actually want him at their club. Even the Atletico Madrid um, directors come out and said, "I don't know where these stories have come from because we can't afford to get him." So when you take oh, that out, can you imagine Ronaldo going to Atletico Madrid? After, it, it, after being like at Real Madrid for so long, it just wouldn't happen, surely. Well, this tells Everyone you all you need ha- to know. There'd be though, no one it? happy about that. Well, this is it, it, isn't it, Jim? It's, you know, the club insists he isn't for sale. The press say he wants to leave. It's a toss up about who's going to get their way. And what's really interesting for me about this story is that Sir Alex Ferguson, according to the papers, has been drafted in to try and talk to Ronaldo to keep him at the club. Fergie always used to say, nobody is bigger than the club. No one player can be bigger than Manchester United. Has that changed now, do you think, Jim? Because if Ronaldo does leave and the club go, all right, then you can go, that then to me is an indication that that mantra has slipped away. Because I think even if they are keeping him at the club against his will, if they say he's not for sale, that is their prerogative. He's under contract and he can force a move as much as he wants. But if they say he's not for sale, he needs to stay because otherwise you let that slip. You let that ideology slip that no one's bigger than the club. I don't believe that happened. I don't believe that Fergie was brought in to sweet talk Ronaldo into staying. They might have been at the training ground at the same time, but if that is the case, if they've reached out to Alex Ferguson to kind of convince Ronaldo to stay at the football club, it's embarrassing for everyone concerned because you're right, it's Fergie going back on what he said in terms of no one being bigger than the club and it's also a slap in the face for Ten Hag who's come into Manchester United and I think done really well in the early stages in terms of setting out his stall being disciplined getting rid of some of the deadwood in that squad kind of not showing sentimentality going right you're not part of my plans off you go see you later and if you've got Fergie coming in to kind of negotiate with a player within three weeks of Ten Hag coming into the football club, that's undermining him as a manager and undermining his authority from day one, which has been an issue with Manchester United ever since Fergie stepped down because there's been this spectre of a previous manager sitting in the stands and every time a goal was conceded or every time a match was lost, the TV cameras would be on Fergie shaking his head and everyone would go, oh, he wouldn't have done that, he would have done a bit better. And it's back to square one. So... I hope that hasn't been the case. I hope Fergie hasn't been brought in as a peacemaker. In terms of Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, it's disrespectful and I wouldn't 
want it to be tolerated at my football club. A player going essentially on strike for three weeks. I mean, we don't know what those personal reasons are. There might be something bigger at play, to be fair. It might not just be him angling for a move. But to allow a player to go on strike for three weeks, miss pre-season training so he's not going to be up to speed at the start of the season and then welcome him back in, welcome him back into the squad I don't think is particularly acceptable particularly when you've had players playing in that Ten Hag squad in the pre-seasons that have stepped up and have been playing well if you're Anthony Martial who's been one of the standout performers on the pre-season tour and then the start of the season comes around against Brighton on the 7th of August at Old Trafford and Cristiano Ronaldo starts ahead of you I don't care if he's the best player ever. If I was Anthony Martial, I'd be off. I would be annoyed. The club say he's not for sale. The press say he wants to leave. Who's going to get their way, Joel? Well, I think if you've got an unhappy player, there's only one way it goes, really. And we've seen it time and time again. No matter who it is, it's best for the harmony of the squad to get rid. Um, I think what we've all learned with Ronaldo is Ronaldo only looks after Ronaldo. I don't think there's any loyalty. I mean, the only reason why United actually signed him was because he was about to go to City and Sir Alex Ferguson didn't want it to happen. So we got the cavalry out to try and, you know, take it over. And that's the only reason why he's here. So I think for this one, it's probably best for all parties. But if you've got no takers, what can you do? There's literally no club who wants to actually take him who are in the Champions League. So for me, it is sad how it's gone, but when you've got someone who's that unhappy and you've got, like you mentioned, Anthony Martial, who's been busting a gut in pre-season, um, you've got to take the players on who are will, uh, who are fighting for Ten Hag right now, not ones who kind of got their eye away to another club and they're not happy with the current situation. But I think Ten Hag will deal with it the way he wants to. I don't think he'll be undermined by anyone at the club just because he seems like a guy who wants full control over the situation. It's difficult to see, isn't it? Because a loan deal doesn't seem to really work for anyone. Because I think there was well, suggestions... no point because he's only got a year left on his contract, so the yeah, loan that... deal is effectively useless. You may as well just sell him. There was a suggestion that he might go out on loan and then sign an extension, which it feels like a weird scenario. I mean, but there's so much we can say about this because United, they signed Varane, they signed Sancho, they signed Ronaldo. We all thought that they would be at some point a title challenger at the start of the season. Um, at least you'd think they'd be challenging for the top four. They were miles off the top four in the end. Miles off. Surely that's not a, an oversight for someone who's 37 who scored as many goals and played as many games as him. He would have known when he signed for United that there's a likelihood that they could have finished outside of the top four. And that's where they are. And now they have done. He, he doesn't want to play there. I wonder whether there was a belief in his own ability that he could go in there and force Manchester United into being suddenly a top four contender. Which obviously <laughs> was not the case. And I guess that's part of the problem with Cristiano Ronaldo is that there is no one more important, as Joel kind of hinted at, there's no one more important or significant in a team than Cristiano Ronaldo. And teams have to adapt to the way he plays football. And we saw that at Manchester United last season. He was the striker and that was his job. He scored goals and that was it. And he did score goals. And without him in that team, Manchester United would not have achieved what they achieved. They would have not have been higher up the table. They might have even finished outside the European places. But... That sets a standard within a team and says a lot about the player at the same time. So if Cristiano Ronaldo is to play in that Manchester United team with Ten Hag wanting to play this high-press system, he's got to allow for Ronaldo not to do that. And if you aren't going to ball out Ronaldo for not pressing the defenders or the fullbacks or whoever it is, then you've, you've got to hold the entire team to the same accountability. It's a really difficult 
situation, but I think it says a lot as in terms of Ronaldo as an individual. He probably believed he could go into Manchester United and be the difference. And he's probably, I mean, he's, he's he is still one of the best players in the world, but that's a big ask for any player to go in and be the person who elevates a team to the next level. Well, Cristiano Ronaldo at the moment is still a Manchester United player by the other side of the weekend. Will we know more about his future? We'll wait and see. Of course, whatever does happen, we'll bring you the latest Premier League news right here on this podcast, Football Social Daily from Sports Social. When the season begins, it's the only daily Premier League podcast you can find seven days a week featuring former Premier League professionals, journalists, and of course, your general football fan like myself, Jim and Joel. And from us three, that is it for today. We'll speak to you on Friday on Football Social Daily. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.